0: your listening helmet and buckle your government mandated podcast safety harness because this episode goes where no podcast has gone before. The Omegaverse. What is the Omegaverse, you ask? Hopefully it will be defined somewhere around the 47 minute mark after you've listened to all the ads. And now, here are the alphas and omegas of the podcast verse, Allison Goldberg and Lindsay
1: Ford. Hey guys, I'm Allie.
2: And I'm Lindsay. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. And also, something that I'm going to remember to do is introduce... Matt, he's not a girl or a podcast, but he's yeah. here. No,
1: but nice. I'm still here
3: for some reason.
1: Because we need a man in the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
3: Said
2: this, no woman ever. Otherwise, this won't work. Without otherwise,
1: a dude. how will we get anything done?
2: <laughs> otherwise, how will we exhibit our superiority? Mm.
1: <laughs> if a woman has an idea and there's no man to repeat it back to her, did the idea even happen?
2: Yeah. We'll never know because we'll never be without Matt.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You can't even start this recording without me in the room. And I'm not being a dick. Like, that's how the app is set up because it's my account. And so you're stuck.
2: We come here and we wait for Matt to do our bidding. (laughs) You're like our familiar. If we're a coven, you're our friendly rabbit.
3: I love that you know that term. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that you're hit yeah.
3: to a f- the familiar,
1: because I'm confused mm-hmm. now, and I'm wondering if this is a cult and everyone has to sleep with Matt. Because I'm not really on board for that. <laughs> but
3: that is not what that means. No,
1: no. no I no. mean, this is a when cousin, you call someone Allie. they're familiar, I don't know. Like, what does that mean?
2: <laughs> it's basically like you know, if witches were Disney princesses, the familiars are all the little animals that make their dresses.
1: <laughs> okay, that's better. I like that. Uh, ish
3: ish uh, but also like uh there were no they don't talk about familiars in Harry Potter I'm actually interested to know if that's part of the lore Apparently No it's not. not they
2: don't they don't say it like that but they all have a familiar like that's well because they all have yeah. an owl yeah. an yeah. owl or a rat or a frog or a cat
1: Well speaking of um <laughs> Familiars. Anima, anim, guy Is that how you say it in Harry Potter? I've only ever read that word.
2: I was but about anyway. to say, I've only ever read it. Don't know. Can't yeah. tell. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, speaking of, uh, you know, their people changing into animals, today's episode is not quite about that, but it is about animals, particularly wolves and erotica.
2: It makes sense.
1: Isn't that exactly what everyone thought I was going to say? Yes. (laughs) Let's talk about wolf porn. So there's a thing. Called the Omegaverse, and it is actually huge and wild. And I was so delightfully surprised that I'd never heard of it before. It made me feel kind of old because I was like, oh, this has like millions of fans and views and whatever. And I had no idea. But a fan, a listener, alerted us to the Omegaverse, and thank God he did.
2: Shout out to Billy West, a listener who is also in our fairly new Facebook group. (laughs) And he told us about the Omegaverse, which is where wolves are holding their rightful place as the sexiest animals on the planet. And we're very excited to talk about it. Do you
1: think they are the sexiest?
2: I'm a small person, so I'm kind of into foxes, which are basically like smaller versions of wolves. Right, right. And also I grew up with the Disney animated version of Robin Hood, where the fox is a very mm. sexy, sexy Robin Hood. Yes. <laughs> Yikes. Honestly? I didn't even remember that
1: I had talked about it before. Oh, oh. A lot of the furries we've spoken to, have, they have similar stories where like some cartoon got them into it.
2: Mm-hmm. I do remember talking about this. Yes. I mean, it's obviously the Disney version of Robin Hood. That's where 80% of people probably first felt a feline attraction. Mm-hmm. Are foxes cats? No, they're dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're canines or not. I- well, I'll look that up while you guys check. Well, came from wolves.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
3: yeah, but we're talking about the genetics of, are they, are they canines? Are they kennis, Or are, is it feline? Uh, right, Talk
1: amongst yourselves. Lindsay, what do you think <laughs> is the sexiest water animal?
2: I don't know. I mean, my favorite water animals are otters, and they're pretty sexual. River otters make up games for fun that don't have to do with training. And sea otters hold hands in the ocean when they sleep so they don't drift away from each other. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Aren't otters also
1: kind of rapey There's like some There's an animal that's like really cute But then also kind of rapey
2: apparently That's dolphins And also probably most animals
1: Yeah Yeah probably (laughs) most
2: I think dolphins got a bad rap for being rapey But like if we're talking about the rapiest animals It's male humans humans, So
1: Um, Okay Now what is the sexiest animal noise That you can make Lindsay This is my next question
2: Oh Oh well, Ali, first of all, what are the sexiest animals that you, what animals do you think are the sexiest, land and water? Um, And we know that wolves are the <laughs> sexiest, so you got to go number two. Right, you
3: can't. Uh, and and yeah. before you answer, just confirming, uh, canidae is the biological family of dog-like carnivores, which includes- Foxes. Uh, red foxes, wild dogs, wolves. Wow, you're really keeping dogs, this wolves.
1: podcast moving, Matt.
2: Yeah. yeah He's just here. To make just sure.
1: trying Taxonomy. to be educational. <laughs> The number one reason Raccoon people dogs. go
2: to podcasts is to learn something, Allie. So we're just trying to be educational.
1: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you pronounce that, too, just yeah. for your education. Lindsay, I want you to know that I make a great dolphin noise.
3: <gasps> yes, you do.
1: I do. Okay, it's go really for good. It. Okay, but everybody's going to have to turn down their volume. I'm going <laughs> to lean back.
2: <laughs> okay, lean back.
1: <gasps> <gasps> it's pretty good, right? What <laughs>
3: was that? A sound effect that I just played, or was it Allie uh, we'll That never was
1: me.
2: That was me. Excellent. Also, coyotes.
3: Coyotes are uh, canines. Can't can it? Did no, you mean, still maybe, that? Coyotes are dogs. We
2: know coyotes are dogs. Next thing, Matt is going to tell us that the the like African prairie dogs are also dogs. When dog is mm, in the name,
3: no, that's rodentia.
1: <laughs> you know what else are dogs? Dogs. What? <laughs> Don't true. laugh at that. Don't encourage me. That was so bad. Okay. It's time to learn about wolf erotica. But before the time, I believe you may have some animal trivia for us, Matthew.
3: I do. I do. It's not about the animals, but uh, we're talking about the Omegaverse. And could one of you just say, like, the Omegaverse, but in, like, a really, like, epic movie voice? And then I'll put, like, an echo on it in post and stuff. Omega. Great. Speaking of the Omegaverse, today's trivia is about the Omega Speedmaster, which is... Do you guys know?
2: No. Mm Mm-mm.
3: It is a wristwatch made by the Swiss watchmaker Omega. And side note, in researching this trivia, I thought to myself, like, the wristwatch community is a whole thing, and... I don't know if it's right for us, necessarily, but... Oh, but uh, yeah,
1: it's big. It's big. It's
3: big, right? A lot of content like creators that. doing doing videos and stuff about, about hot wristwatch news and whatnot.
2: There's a cool wristwatch maker in Detroit that I like. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, I'm very yeah. into.
3: Maybe like, yeah, more like, you know, you've got your Swiss European makers, but then there's probably more boutique stuff going on in different places, which is uh, pretty rad. Anyway... Omega makes a lot of watches, but the Omega Speedmaster has a unique honor. What is so special about this watch? I have three choices. A, it's the only watch approved by NASA for spacewalks. Is it B, it's the only watch that still keeps accurate time at the very bottom of the Mariana Trench. Which is the deepest place on Earth, the deepest ocean trench on Earth. Or C, it's the only consumer watch with an atomic clock built into it, which is the most precise scientific way to measure time using radioactive cesium atoms. Why it's is that the Omega one. Speedmaster so special? <laughs> you think it's, it's- C?
2: It's cesium the, the, atoms. The yeah, radio atoms. Now nah, you didn't watch. come up with cesium atoms on your own. Come on now. <laughs> okay. Alright, all right. fair, fair, fair. Lindsay
1: fair. has a strategy. hmm <laughs> I'm upset that this trivia isn't about porn and wolves. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
1: But you know what, just to diversify, I'm just gonna go with B.
3: Okay. That it uh, it, it is accurate in the deepest place on earth. Yeah. Okay. That
1: we've been to
3: yes now that we that we know exists i mean we've we've uh we've used technology to see what's going on the ocean floor to at least map the depths of it and know the no, depths i feel and like that you definitely made this
1: one up but i'm gonna go with it anyway
3: <laughs> allie goes with b we'll find out what's up with the omega Speedmaster after this important commercial break
1: We'd like to take this moment to thank our very sexy Patreon supporters who support us at the $10 or more level.
2: All right, starting with
1: Wesley Cordell. Jerry Durant. (laughs) Jessica Fox. Kathy Phillips.
2: Matthew Scott.
1: Melissa! (laughs) Elliot!
2: William. I feel like Allie's animals attacked my animals.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Scary.
1: I don't know what I was doing, but I did it anyway.
3: (laughs) There was a parakeet in there, not sure what's going on.
1: (laughs) I I hope someone walked by my window outside and wondered what the fuck was happening. (laughs) Patreon.com slash 2G1P.
0: titled, Looking for Mating Partner for My Dog, Brexville. From the number one hookup site for single canines in your area, Craigslist.
1: Looking for Mating Partner for My Three-Year-Old, Labrador Retriever, just trying to take care of my dog's psychological health because lately he is getting crazy about it doing it with anything around the house so if anyone owns a dog girl with same issue or just wants to breed some puppies from this handsome
2: <laughs> texter call. Wow. That's yeah. too bad that that dog is not just going to be able to hump everything. It's yeah. mom is like, you need to hump another dog and stop yeah. humping the lamp.
1: Uh, but then uh, who's caring for the pups? What's the long plan here? Everybody. Yeah. Nobody thinks things yeah, through.
2: If you get two super horny dogs together, won't they just create a bunch of super horny puppies?
1: Yeah. Mm. and then, That's just
3: genetics. It's man. Science.
1: <laughs> Guys, I think I've talked about this, but I fostered a puppy for two weeks and it was real rough. I don't know how people <laughs> do,
2: do humans. I mean,
1: it was, yeah. I left that dog alone for 30 seconds. It peed on my bed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm not
1: even kidding. It's not funny, it's just what happened.
3: Mm. But
1: I'm ready to find out about watches.
3: Yay. Yeah. Which why
1: why did you choose that trivia?
3: Because <laughs> when you Google the word omega, this is what you get. I think you'll have fun yeah. when you learn the answer to Uh-oh. this week's trivia, All right, which is
2: deal. I'm ready. SUP
3: with the Omega Speedmaster.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: Why is it so special? Was it A, it's the only watch approved by NASA for spacewalks? Nobody chose that. B, it keeps time accurately in the Mariana Trench, the deepest place on Earth. Allie chose B. Or is it C, Lindsay chose this one, the only consumer watch with an atomic clock, which measures the radioactive decay of cesium atoms? Are you ready? Are you prepared?
2: I'm ready. I'm ready.
3: The correct answer is... A, sadly, oh the most boring one. Yeah.
2: Come damn on. It. You ah. came up with cesium atoms. You were on to me. You were on to me.
1: It's all about the details of the lies, Lindsay.
3: Yes. Yeah. You gotta you gotta sniff them out. Um, cesium atoms are the most precise, one of the most or, or the most precise way to measure time. Like every timekeeping device, digital or analog, will drift or fuck up or lose time eventually. But- Atoms lose electrons, or, or excuse me, um, I don't know if they're, they're they're spitting out protons. I think I could be wrong. I'll double mm, check. No,
2: it's electrons. You is can't it lose your Protons, yeah. But I you think radioactive.
3: Your- I think radioactive ones do. I because I, I, they're heavier elements, so they they're spitting out the nucleus stuff. Uh, anyway, I'll confirm that. Mm. But they're I'm spitting gonna out sit something. The
1: science out.
3: And that is <laughs> that is the best way to measure time. So atomic clocks with cesium atoms are real, but you don't want them on your wrist. That is that's that's no good. Um, the Omega Speedmaster is a is a mechanical watch. Like it's just dials and gears. You got to wind it, uh, and it is one of only several watches qualified by NASA for any kind of space flight. However, it is the only watch qualified for EVA, which stands for extra vehicular activity, which basically means anytime an astronaut leaves a ship or a space station, this is the only watch that will keep accurate time. It was worn by the Apollo 11 astronaut- astronauts when they landed on the moon, and although Neil Armstrong left his Omega Speedmaster in the lunar module, Buzz Aldrin did wear it when taking his first steps on the lunar surface.
1: I mean, it definitely sounds like you're making all of this up. I, no, it I sounds badass. Be. It sounds like you're reading it. <laughs> it could, also reminds me of, was it Heaven's Gate, where they were all wearing the same Nikes? But then that didn't end yeah, well. Which
3: we
2: talked about yeah. last episode.
3: Yeah. Um, so, you, uh, so you're saying Buzz Aldrin wearing a watch on the moon in a historic landing is the same as a cult wearing sneakers? That is what Ali's
1: saying. And then Allie they sang. all died. It's the <laughs> same on... on um, opposite ends of the spectrum.
3: Got it. Okay, exactly. Mm. I I don't see how I could argue <laughs> with that. Um, just to, to wrap it up here, uh, the Omega Speedmaster is rated on a variety of qualification tests, which include extremely high and low temperatures, humidity, oxygen environment, linear acceleration, impact shock, all the things that would fuck up a, a, a piece of equipment in space. This watch will still work and keep accurate time within a range of five seconds deviation per day. So NASA's like, there is no other watch since the 60s till today that can wow. still keep time accurately in space within five seconds uh, yeah, per day. And Wait, there's that's been the no improvements? No improvements to watchmaking. It's watch
1: really what we put money into as a culture you know what i mean it's these stupid apps that you know and instead and then there's like no improvements made in science and technology unless you have a global pandemic because the vaccine that came around pretty
2: quickly <laughs> yeah which was awesome but which was awesome, yeah yeah and if you haven't gotten it you're probably not listening to this podcast because you're dead
0: mm. <laughs> oh my dark. god Dark but true. Sorry, was oh that too God. dark? That was great.
1: I was a really like, I've been having a rough morning and that was so dark that it was like fantastic. I don't know. I'm so done with the anti-vaxxers. Like I'm so mm. done with it. Like it's one thing when we didn't have a solution to this, but now we have a solution and it's so rude. Like I don't even have kids, but it's like actually so like, I think it's number one rude to the children. And I. yeah. Like, because they don't have a choice in the matter right now. Ah, oh, I'm so mad. Anyway.
2: Yep. Yeah. Same. So it mad sucks. all it's the crazy. time. So mad it's all crazy. the time. Let's
1: talk about porn.
2: <laughs> Excellent segue.
1: All right. Angry Muppet. It's time to speak with <laughs> our guest, Morgan Sung. She is a culture reporter at Mashable and a fan fiction enthusiast. Aren't we all? <laughs> Welcome, Morgan. Thank you. I just wanted to kick this off. Can you tell our listeners, in the simplest way possible, what is the Omegaverse?
4: Oh, God, simply. Okay. So the Omegaverse basically is this subgenre of fantasy fiction that is found a lot in fan fiction. And it's sort of this imaginary imaginary world ruled by wolf-like mating rituals, if that makes sense. Where there is an alpha and a beta and omega, and everyone has this like sexual hierarchy. Um, and I guess like the power in this, in this fantasy society is determined by who can impregnate others and who can get impregnated, regardless of gender. Wonderful.
3: Oh. It just sounds like real life. I don't see <laughs> what, we're, what yeah. this is all about.
4: Yeah. Wait, it,
1: you said wolf like, but I thought they were wolves. No? No, they
4: don't have to. They're not necessarily wolves. Well, I um, got this all wrong then. <laughs> Our whole intro is about wolves, and I was wrong. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, no, they aren't exactly wolves. Okay, because I read some Omegaverse porn just to get oh, ready for this. <laughs> and they had tails in the piece that
4: I read. <laughs> okay, so Omegaverse, the Omegaverse isn't necessarily a furry universe. Um, but there is a lot of crossover with furry fanfics. I see. Okay, so are they human? I I think so. Yes, it's otherwise human characters. You know, like I've seen like Harry Potter Omega Verse fanfics or like One Direction Harry First Perse- uh, uh, Omega Verse fanfics. We
2: know which One Direction you are reading. One oh, direction harry Harryverse verse fanfics. I mean mm-hmm. Omega verse fanfic. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, well, you know, I it, it was for research for the story that I wrote. <laughs> but I did happen upon some um slash fics that I can't unread. It's it's in my brain forever. <laughs> There's a lot of Omega verse BTS fanfic. Um, okay, I don't so, really oh, yeah. know much about BTS, Is, but I learned a lot about it from from reading
1: this okay but so it was so is Omegaverse then a style
4: and a world and then you can put any characters into that world yeah pretty much so pretty much any character you want could be placed in this world and each character is sort of assigned a role like there are alphas which are like the top of this you know fantasy hierarchy and alphas are the ones who have this like insatiable need to mate um and can So they're at capable. the top
1: of the sexual food yeah. chain.
4: Yeah. Okay. And they're the ones that are capable of impregnating others. Like you can have like female or male alphas, um but yeah, they're the ones in cap- like capable of getting other characters pregnant. And then the lowest are omegas. Um and they're the ones who have this like insatiable need to get knocked up basically. Um and they're usually paired with alphas, but they can't, like, get others pregnant. And so that there's a this whole, like, power struggle within the Omegaverse between the alphas and omegas.
1: Okay, so reminiscent of the real world.
4: Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. But you can have, like, male or female omegas, which is where the, like... I guess fantasy fanfic comes in of like this trend called mpreg, male pregnancy, yes, where you have we, like episode twenty three. We covered it. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of crossover there too.
2: <laughs> well, something that I find interesting um, as a certain type of nerd who is rewatching all of Deep Space Nine during the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> wow. um, is that, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I read somewhere that the Omega Verse wasn't, like, inspired by werewolf lore or something like that, that it actually started with the fact that Vulcans die if they don't procreate during their, like, most vital period. Is this true?
4: (laughs) And this is how the Omegaverse started? Yeah, it's actually how a lot of fan fiction started, was with the Star Trek universe. Right. That's kind of, like, that kind of birthed slash fix, or, you know, like you know, gay fan fiction, basically. Yeah. So it's inspired by this, like, need to mate, or just, I don't, I guess it differs from, like, fic to fic. Some are like, oh, if we we don't mate, we'll die. And others are like, if we don't mate, we'll just be super uncomfortable.
2: (laughs) Oh, that seems like the same kind of arguments that teenage boys give to their (laughs) partners when they're like trying Mm -hmm. to get it in. It sounds right. Yeah. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. Like extreme Omega verse blue balls. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, so it's, okay. So this actually makes more sense than what I thought, which is sad because I actually did read up on it and I totally took away that it was wolf porn. But anyway, um, <laughs> so because like Omegaverse, now we get us it, like a universe, so it's more about the world building and the rules of that world and you can put anyone mm-hmm. in it. And just before we get into, to, you know, really dive into the details, can you educate us and our listeners how... Big is this world. How many people are reading, writing, sharing? How big is the Omegaverse?
4: Unfortunately, there isn't a ton of data on fan fiction. Um, I guess because it's considered like new media, but it was big enough to, I mean, sort of as a joke, um, really blow up on TikTok earlier this year. Um, it had like you know hundreds of thousands of views on TikTok, and it started with like people basically like discovering this fanfic trope and being like, what the hell is this? And then starting to make memes about it. And I think that really started to like build the universe even more, but it was, it was big well before TikTok found it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, our listener alerted us to it, but it was in a New York times article. So mm-hmm. it's, Gone mainstream. Yeah. So we'll get into that in a bit, I suppose. It seems like it's like fan fiction of fan fiction of fan fiction of fan fiction Mm -hmm. in a way. Right. I also read that it was like that it comes from the TV show Supernatural.
4: I I don't know it necessarily if it came from that specifically. I mean, but a lot of, I guess, what promoted or inspired the growth of the Omegaverse came from, um, Dusty (laughs) fix came from what? What? So that's a crossover in the supernatural universe um, <laughs> cut between Dean and Castiel, I think is a name. I feel like I'm going to get, like, massacred by Castiel. Yes, I just Googled <laughs> it. I
2: feel like I'm going to
4: get massacred by supernatural bands. <laughs> okay. So
2: it- wow.
1: Okay. Got it. Okay. And do you have any theories as to how and why it took off?
4: Aside from the um, bizarre... I guess, or from what we think is bizarre, um, you know, power dynamics. Um, I think that there is a lot of character building that can be done within those sort of power dynamics. I know that um, within the Omegaverse, there's a ton of like social justice discourse almost um, between or about, you know, giving Omega's rights (laughs) or, you know, keeping alphas in check. That sort of catalyzed more of a world building mentality around writing fics in the Omega verse where, you know, people could write, they they weren't just like writing a smut fic, they were writing a smut fic with like complex, you know, laws of the world and like complex and very nuanced power struggles. And I think that is sort of the draw of the Omega verse. So
1: you told us a little bit alphas and omegas, but I know Mm -hmm. there are also betas and deltas and gammas, and <laughs> I'm not sure what Kappa to make Kappas. of the, yes, this fraternity <laughs> that also overlaps with the
4: pandemic.
1: So, okay, what's what's going on here?
4: Okay, so um, alphas are the ones who can get others pregnant. They're the top. Omegas are the very bottom. And then a few fix will include, like, betas, which is this, like, middle character, sort of, who is basically like any other human. Like there are some fics, it differs from fic to fic. There are some fics that say that betas can, you know, get others pregnant and also get pregnant, but like without the same, I guess, sort of aggression that goes into it. Or like betas are the sort of like peacemakers between alphas and omegas. So Um, this is kind of like Dom, Sub, and Switch, is that? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sort of. And like, or others that are like, betas are, don't have the sort of like supernatural abilities of alphas and omegas they are kind of just like normal humans. Um, and wait, what are and, the supernatural what are abilities? The, like, yeah, what yeah. Is going on? So, well the supernatural abilities of like, you know, defying standard like gender expectations and like getting someone knocked up if you're a woman or getting knocked up, if you're a man, you know, like they have these like special rituals, um, and betas don't have to take, like take part in that to like mate you know um or like they aren't like bound to they aren't necessarily bound to like um going in heat or like you know (laughs) that sort of thing and then i haven't seen a ton of fix with deltas and gammas um like apparently they fall somewhere between alphas and omegas and sexual aggression but a lot of fix will just like ignore betas entirely Oh. on TikTok, there is a whole joke of like getting better beta rep- representation in Omega Verse Fix, <laughs> um, and basically, like, yeah, it's it's basically just about the alpha and omega, and then betas are like sprinkled in for some spice or like extra dialogue. <laughs> Betas sound like kind of hot,
2: though, except that they're not magical. (laughs)
4: Yeah, you know they're just doing their own thing.
1: (laughs) This is about sex, but it feels like it's a lot about impregnation. Is that right?
2: It is. It's it's really funny because it feels like it kind of started as a place to talk about homosexuality in Mm -hmm. the early days of the Omegaverse, right? Like this Mm -hmm. is where. So it's interesting that impregnation is that how you say it is I th- yeah yeah is such a strong part of it
4: you know that's a good question i think part of it is like from that vulcan mating ritual origin story i guess and another part is sort of this how the the power structure in this universe revolves around like sort of those like wolf-like or pack animal mating habits of like going <laughs> into heat and like having a mating season you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think also just like it kind of plays into breeding kinks where it's like this dirty and kind of taboo subject that people enjoy incorporating because it's fun to think about without having to, like, you know, deal with the ramifications of actually having a breeding kink (laughs) for actually getting (laughs) pregnant.
1: Wait, Mm. so is a breeding
4: kink a thing?
1: I think it It is. is. I think I've heard about this.
4: It's kind of, or the Omegaverse is kind of what inspired the whole submissive and breedable meme that, uh, blew up earlier this summer. Um, and it was sort of a play on people's breeding kinks and like the desire to get pregnant or get others pregnant, but not actually it's, it's like fantasy, you know, you don't actually have to deal with yeah. like the consequences of getting pregnant. Right. Right. Is it, mm. so is it just a
1: power thing? Because it's really an incredible power to be able oh for sure
4: (laughs) i mean the whole submissive and breedable meme like really came from calling hot men like hey you look real submissive and breedable right now or like you know
1: tell us more about this meme because i'm feeling very old today i don't know any of these (laughs) things that you're talking about
4: (laughs) so the meme started with um well the, the the term submissive perhaps breedable started with like this tiktok user who later deleted their account um wearing like posing in this like pastel cardigan looking like and like the caption was feeling vulnerable and in this cardigan submissive perhaps breedable something like that uh i'm definitely not quoting that right but (laughs) that kind of took off on tiktok where people were called on tumblr where men would be like just looking kind of soft you know like posing like you know, not even, it started with like men looking kind of soft, you know, like wearing cardigans or posing in like pastel colors, posing with flowers. <laughs> and people would comment like, you're looking pretty submissive and breedable, or like, oh, you look so breedable right now. Um, <laughs> and that kind of came from the Omegaverse of like basically calling someone a bottom. <laughs> um, wow. And then on Tumblr, Is it, a it kind of blew up. Compliment
1: or not a compliment?
4: Um, I think it's a compliment in that you can look at someone and be like, wow, you're so hot. I would like you to procreate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily like I want to procreate with you. It's more just like, you're so hot, you should procreate. The world deserves that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. No, but you're yeah. hot in kind of like a gentle way.
4: Yeah, exactly. Like,
2: you wouldn't call the rock submissive and breedable.
4: Um, but I have seen you might calling- call...
2: I have seen people
4: calling The Rock in that little, like, in that picture of him wearing the little turtleneck, like, the sweater with, like, the chain. I was like, I've seen people looking at that and being like, he looks pretty submissive and breedable there. Like, it doesn't have, like, the (laughs) man, the person itself, themselves doesn't have to, like, be super effeminate. It's the look. Right. Mm -hmm. I would love to see
2: someone say that to The Rock's face and him just (laughs) hug them. Just to hug them. That's like yeah. what I imagine happens.
3: He totally would do that. So
1: so breedable. Okay. So uh, <laughs> what are the mating habits in the OmegaVerse? Because it's like people can like be in heat. I read something about ruts. Like what are what's the deal?
4: <laughs> okay, so it's sort of like a cyclical mating cycle um, or a cyclical event, I guess. Like animal mating cycles. Within any given period, sometimes it's once a year, sometimes it's every six months, you know. Um, Alphas experience a rut, which is, like, this insatiable desire to have sex. And omegas go into heat, which is, like, you know, any pack animal going to heat where they're like, I need to get knocked up right now. And so um, if... An alpha smells an omega in heat, that can, like, sort of induce a rut. I can't believe I have a journalism degree. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome yes, to 2021. we love to bring people on the show and have them question
2: all their life choices. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> I do it every day, um, but I love it. Um, so, basically, when an alpha and an omega who are in heat or in rut, like, meet and bond – um, the alpha will like bite them and like to like mark their ownership, and it's called mixing sense. And then when it t- comes time to mate, regardless of gender, alphas will sort of like pop out their knot, which is basically a, it's it's like a dick basically, but it's regardless Ooh. of like sex and gender. Um, within the Omegaverse, there's like the primary gender and sex, and then the secondary sex. So, like Mm -hmm. the primary gender would be like female, and then their secondary sex would be like alpha. Um, Ah. So, like regardless of who, like of what genitalia you have during a rut, you can pop out your knot, um, which is basically a dick. And then um, wait, but
1: that's based on that's based on
4: uh, animal anatomy.
1: Right, because yeah, because uh, I know too much about this. But apparently, dog dicks—they have this. It's called a knot, and when they're like inside, the knot appears, so they actually can't dislodge until they've ejaculated. Oh my god! I had yes. why so did I not think know that? That's where that comes from. Me
2: neither. From. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, like I thought that was only ducks, where it's like you can't get away from me.
4: No, yeah, do- I knew about ducks have corkscrew penises, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my I've... god, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's, that's the whole <laughs> you're wolf welcome n- for that dog it's thing. Really, I'm gonna yeah. think about that. Unfortunately,
1: yeah. So I think they're <laughs> modeling it off of. Animal dicks, which I actually know this from a variety of sources, so I think it's mm-hmm. true.
3: <laughs> and also, that's where the website thenot.com comes from. That's why they <laughs> oh named God. it that way. <laughs>
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. No, good. You know, that's that's what tying the knot is all about in okay, a way. Exactly right. So yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> young young people listen to this show and they're gonna think that's real. <laughs> that's I not mean, what tying the knot oh, is all no. about. <laughs> no.
1: I, I think we may have learned about knotting when we did an episode about like fantasy dildos, which is really Ooh. big in terms of like furries and all these other sub- subcultures like these dildos of magical or real creatures. Oh. But yeah, it's also interesting because we recently covered other kin, which mm-hmm. are people who identify as non-humans. So it's mm-hmm. interesting, like, it feels like the Omegaverse is almost an umbrella for all these other
2: crossovers and well it feels a little different because sure. there's a lot of specificity within the Omegaverse you know what I mean mm-hmm.
1: yeah but it's like the universe where everything else can operate in it I don't know it's so confusing okay <laughs> but the Omegaverse also has its own crowdsourced characters is that right
4: yeah so I mean within the Omegaverse like this sort of lore around it is pretty crowdsourced you know there are things like other fan fiction characters that may appear in other universes or exist in other works of fiction. Um, that are included in the fan in the Omega Verse. Sometimes someone will include lore from another Omega Verse uh, fake that they may have re- uh, read in their piece. Um, so it's it's sort of like this ever changing, ever growing universe of rules that people can pick and choose from.
2: I mean, it does sound pretty fun. I think, like, I would love to think about myself as the alpha and, like, the rock as the omega. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that would be amazing. Can you imagine if I impregnated the rock? I mean, you I was all imagining it because I said you it out loud, but, like, wow. Also I'm a very small in, person, Morgan. You know, I'm not see? even five feet tall. Yeah, how tall is the rock? I mean, he's he's like at least twice my, yeah, twice my height. Yeah, <laughs> at least twice
4: my height. I mean, within the Omegaverse, you could actually take a rut leave uh, to impregnate the rock once you, you know, mark him. Wow. <laughs>
1: so, rut leave is like instead of maternity leave, it's like fucking leave?
4: Yeah, it's like, uh, I guess because like, like the whole I need universe to go really, impregnate. Yeah. And like, I'm on
1: leave. Uh,
4: Yeah, pretty much. Um, within the Omegaverse, like, you know, the whole world revolves around fertility. So I guess like during rutting season or like, I don't know if it's like, you know, if everyone experiences a rut at the same time, or if it's like personal, you know, like getting your period, like everyone's on their own clock, but, um, within some fix, you can take time off of work or school to go rut and sometimes it's like to go (laughs) find someone to mate with sometimes it's like oh i'm gonna spend this entire week or however long it takes to mating like nodding with my one person who i've already mixed sense with (laughs) wow yeah and then if omegas don't want to like go into heat and like they have things to do they can take heat suppressants which are basically birth control
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay speaking of birth control Can you tell us about how the Omegaverse is used to explore real world power dynamics, gender, sexuality? Because it does seem to have some real world um, experiments in it.
4: Yeah, it's actually fascinating. So within the Omegaverse, there's a lot of, or fix written in the Omegaverse, there's a lot of discourse um, around, like, Omega rights and, like... Whether they can take heat suppressants behind their alphas back um, or, you know, getting their alphas consent to take heat suppressants. There are some that are like about the non-consensual nature of the Omegaverse. I mean, a lot of fix, a lot of earlier fix, you know, alphas were mating omegas by force. And, you know, sometimes betas would step in and try to protect omegas. I guess more recently within the last, you know, five, ten years or so of Omegaverse writing, there's been a lot more push within this fictional world um, to punish alphas who bite Omegas without their consent. And forced mating within a lot of these fics are are now, like, looked down upon since, you know, Me Too happened.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, forced... it's, It's one Tumblr user... Claim that it would be like a serious because like mating is such a sacred ritual. It's it's like um, I guess like a serious crime that can you can face like life in OmegaVerse prison if you bite someone against their consent. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I like that. So the world I guess
1: continues to evolve based on real world um, mm-hmm. news and ideas. Okay, and so can you tell us? It seems. Again, like, this is like fan fiction built on fan fiction built on fan fiction. So I'd love for you to explain
4: the lawsuit that's going on to our listeners and us, oh, yeah. so basically, um someone published an Omega verse fan fiction and or an omega verse not fan fiction, but a a piece of fiction like takes that takes place within the Omega verse. And mm-hmm. they were sued by another writer who said that it was. Too similar to their work, but both were just fictions written within the Omegaverse, which are, you know, like we talked about, crowdsourced pieces of fiction. Um, So it kind of raised this bigger debate about, you know, like when you're writing about something that takes place in a crowdsourced universe where no one can claim any sort of ownership over these ideas or concepts, who gets to monetize it? Mm -hmm. So
2: they're kind of fighting, but I mean, it seems like a very obvious thing where it's like, it's all out there and similar stories can get made. Mm-hmm. Right. Are, yeah. Does it, it, are, are people lining up on either side? Like this person's was first or like, they're definitely a thief or get out of yeah, here. Or, yeah.
4: What do you, what do you, what do you think? You know, I haven't seen a lot of that. Um, and I think a lot of it is because fan fiction is so, collaborative as it is and it's different you know like it's different than other forms of fantasy where you know in the Harry Potter universe like there are certain as- like rules of that universe that you wouldn't see in um like another universe uh, like fantasy universe that includes wizards you know mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and i think you know in those cases each writer and their own work of fiction would be independently creating this or crafting this universe, um, without outside input. And then in, you know, works of fiction that take place within the OmegaVerse, And I think fan fiction as a larger example, like you're taking suggestions from other users, like people, other people are contributing. It's way more collaborative than in, you know, writing a piece of fiction independently that isn't fan fiction.
2: Mm. It seems like the lawsuit is a big deal to the world like that's what caught the mm-hmm. new york times eye but mm-hmm. from what you're saying it sounds like people within the community are kind of like eh.
4: <laughs> um, you know, I haven't Seen a lot with it or I have again. I don't regularly read omegaverse fanfics, So I don't necessarily you don't know. have to pretend with um, us <laughs> that's a thing like I read other fanfics but mm. OmegaVerse ones are not the ones I read in my free time. <laughs>
2: um, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm.
4: But yeah, I haven't. Well, from like the other aspects or other parts of fan fiction that I am more engaged in, I haven't seen a lot. People have tried monetizing fan fiction for years, um, and people have gotten away with writing fanfics. Like you know, Twilight was a fanfic of, of MCR and or My Chemical oh. Romance, and then like you know that ah. inspired Fifty Shades of Grey. So it's like who gets to own the, these characters and their motivations when they're all inspired by other, you know, real life events. Mm-hmm.
3: But those evolved, it became their own monetizable, mm-hmm. copyrightable yeah. IP. What, mm-hmm. what the way I think the legal ramifications are actually quite uh, interesting or extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it makes me think about open source software or creative Mm -hmm. commons where, Hey, I'm just putting this video up and you can remix it and use it however you want. Or, Hey, I made this application Mm -hmm. and you can change it. But, and, and so perhaps what fan fiction, what works of creativity or fiction also need is nope this is mine it is it is my thing and i've copyrighted it or mm-hmm. no freely remix it and you reuse it but it's weird with the OmegaVerse because that was mm-hmm. it began as a collaborative thing where everyone made the rules and then one person's like well my thing using mm-hmm. you everyone else's rules is its own thing that i can own mm-hmm. and that's like well yeah, we, there was no precedent there to enable that. So it, it actually is, I think, I'm not an expert, but uh, it is a sticky legal question for sure. I'll be interested to see how the, the case hash shakes out, you know?
4: Oh, for sure. And I think with, you know, with a lot of open source projects, you can definitively trace, you know, that project back to an original owner or an original mm-hmm. creator. And mm-hmm. that doesn't really exist within Omegaverse fix.
3: Yes. Interesting.
1: But I love the um, analogies you just used, Matt, in the sense that I do think there are implications for other crowdsourced communities and ways of building because, yeah, it's interesting because I don't know where those lines are and I don't know that anyone knows, you know, because... I mean, in a way you could argue everything is derivative, so I don't know.
3: Of course, everything is derivative. I guess I just I'm only saying it like a judge will decide what's actually going on here. But Mm -hmm. but what I mean by this is like we have solved this problem in the software and um like music licensing video licensing ip world where we just say we all agree to a creative commons slash open source system mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to exist in the fan fiction world yet and and perhaps maybe we need a a rating system like that so that people mm-hmm. who come into it know the rules they're like oh yeah i can do whatever i want with this or know that it, that stuff over there is uh is protected somehow it's yeah. very interesting
2: mm-hmm Okay. Now that we're done with all the boring legal stuff, I need to go <laughs> back in to our ABO situation. Okay. So mm-hmm. from what I understand, alphas and omegas are magic and part of their magic comes from this extreme need to breed at certain times of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, betas uh, do betas not have magic because they were, like, not created with this extreme need to breed? Is that what what's lacking in their magic? Or I don't understand.
4: Um, I think with a lot of betas, like, they're subject to, you know, biological functions like getting periods or, you know, being able to mate with others. But, yeah, I think that sort of extreme animalistic desire doesn't necessarily exist for betas and, you know, deltas and gammas and whatever other ones exist, which is why they were sort of characterized as like the peacemakers between alphas and omegas.
2: Mm, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're like, Hey, look, this omega's not like really ready for you right now. Why don't you just have sex <laughs> with me? Is that like kind of they're they're like in the office being like, we got to get some work done. Let's just fuck in the corner then so we can come back and you can stop hounding this poor little Omega
4: kind of. But then other like in other fics I've seen betas being characterized as like this sort of like clueless um, person who doesn't understand or who has a privilege of not needing to mate, you know, like meeting is a perk in their life. It's not a biological need. Um, You know, on TikTok, people were joking that betas, like, don't understand the struggle that alphas and omegas do, like, just because they were born a certain way, you know, like, they didn't (laughs) choose to be born alphas and omegas. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it is kind of fun, like there are very serious fanfics written about this. Um, And then there are like more lighthearted jokes that you can make about like, you know, kind of drawing conclusion or drawing comparisons between like this universe and the real life one.
2: It sounds a little bit like it's extreme, like rape fantasies that have now grown into more like, yeah, we like people to bite us, but like ask first Mm -hmm. sort of thing. It's like, there's, you can find all of that within the Omegaverse.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of earlier Omegaverse fics or, you know, a lot of them now even, um, do still have that extreme rape fantasy, like, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. aspect of it. But Mm -hmm. now a lot of, a lot more fics are like, well, you got to take your Omega out for a date before you ask to bite, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Get to know them
1: (laughs) I almost feel like that's a little sad that the real world is getting involved in the sense that like I don't know Shouldn't you just be able to fantasize about anyone? I don't know
2: (laughs) I think I don't think that they're like (laughs) Shaming you. It's like if you want to do that. There's a part of the omegaverse,
1: you know, but
2: yeah I think that's what they're saying. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, you can bite me but like can I have a snack? You know, you know, (laughs) it's like, sure, we can get wild in a bit. I'm just going to need fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's also this one thing that I only saw, like, I didn't see a lot of it, but is there a thing where in the Omegaverse, some, there's like the idea of passing, like if you're an alpha, you like try to pass as a beta or something. Is there, is that, I, I feel like I read something about that. Is that a thing?
4: I mean, I I could totally see, like, the opportunity for it, especially with the introduction of, like, heat suppressants into the Omegaverse, you know, where, like, basically an Omega can take heat suppressants and not go into heat but also not emanate any sort of scent that would force um, alphas into, like, a mating cycle um, and pass as betas. But I don't see a lot of that necessarily. I mean, I'm sure there are fixes for that they are fixed for everything. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think partly because so much of the draw to the Omegaverse is that power dynamic and like the sort of sexual tension, <laughs> which is, you know, a thing in every fic. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. And can alphas
4: get impregnated
2: if they want to
4: or no? Uh, no, they only no. have, they don't have like a womb. They can only, cause they have a knot instead. <laughs>
2: nice nice (laughs) great wow so much to think about
4: oh my gosh
1: this just feels kind of like peak internet for me you know what i mean it feels like 18 (laughs) different worlds have combined to create a new world and now there's fan fiction and lawsuits
4: Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's funny because when i was much more involved in fan fiction um you know like i don't know Seven years ago, I had stumbled across a few Omega First picks and and I was like, wow, this is weird. I'm not going to read or write about this. Um, And then, (laughs) you know, seven years later, I stumbled across them again and was like, oh, my God, there's so many more rules than there were seven years ago. (laughs) Mm. So it's definitely something that keeps growing and evolving.
3: It's evolving. I was going to say, yeah.
4: You were saying there's a lot of BTS
3: Omegaverse
2: <laughs> fiction does do you think there's also like crossover i I recently learned about boys love anime where it's like the whole point is that these two boys like love each other and it's very mm-hmm. popular with straight women mm-hmm. is is there do you know if there's any crossover with that sort of area of the internet as well?
4: Oh yeah, I mean, a lot of the Omegaverse is. Centers around male male relationships. Um, and I think that's a lot of fan fiction overall. Um, I remember I talked to someone who, um, oh, let me look up, let me, okay, Yvonne Gonzalez. She's a uh, student at UC Berkeley and she, for a project, basically ran a script through Archive of Our Own, which is this um, fan fiction platform, and found that like an overwhelming majority of popular new fan fictions were male male fan fictions. Um, and I think a lot of that is, I don't know if it's necessarily straight women, but you know, a lot of fan fiction is written by queer women and women aren't, you know, encouraged to express their sexuality or express any sort of sexual desire. So writing about these like male male fix is kind of a, or writing through the lens of those male male fix is kind of a way to explore that, you know, sexual desire in a queer way without necessarily having to work through your own shit of being, like, a woman who wants to have sex.
2: All right, wow.
4: That was a lot, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that I like that psychological take on it. That, and also, there is a huge problem within fandom communities of, like, fetishizing gay men. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the other one. Okay, you know? mm. okay, so... Uh, have there been responses from the gay community to that? A lot of people that I've seen have expressed a sort of discomfort about the way that straight women fetishize gay men, and that's not necessarily exclusive to fan fiction. I think that can apply anywhere, you know. Um, but at the same like time, like the number of bachelorette parties that want to go to gay, mm-hmm. gay clubs, exactly, mm, yeah. mm-hmm. or like the way like straight men- women are like, "I want my my gay best friend," you know. So like, that's one way of looking at it. The other way is like fan fiction itself, or a lot of the fanfiction community is queer. I think that's mm-hmm. why so much, so much of fan fiction is gay. Um, it's just like a safe way to explore that sexuality, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think is next for the Omegaverse? How do you think it's going to potentially evolve
4: and change? I, I mean, I'm sure they're going to keep having like discussions about consent and power dynamics and like birth control access. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I really wonder how the Omegaverse will change with current events. You know, it's been so impacted with the real by the real world as it is, you know, with like, these discussions of non-consensual mating and all that. You know, I, I don't really know. I assume it's going to be impacted by real world events, you know? Well, stay tuned for major social change
1: as it is reflected (laughs) in online erotica.
4: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. This has been enlightening in its own unique way. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me to question my entire career.
1: You're welcome. That's (laughs) what we're here for. (laughs) Wow, that was a lot, and I got it all wrong at the top.
2: <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think basically what we know now is what we don't know, which is a lot.
1: Yeah, I want everyone to know that I did read Wolf Erotica uh, as preparation for this podcast, and I don't regret it. <laughs> I mean, I think there is
2: a lot of Wolf uh, Erotica within the Omegaverse, it's just not I, the yeah, primary. I me
1: and you you know read some on air but yeah i i like that we that i misunderstood it so greatly but um (laughs) yeah i just feel like this to me the omega verse is like the internet folding in on itself that's (laughs) how i feel about it
2: that's not wrong it's just like literally everything that people want is kind of happening there. I bet there's some really good Why the Last Man Omegaverse fanfic. Maybe I'm too old and nobody gives a shit about Why the Last Man anymore, but mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know
3: but, but mm-hmm. you're hitting on something here, and it's happening in corporate entertainment as well. There's all this talk about metaverses, you know, Fortnite and Epic want... To, they're bringing every character from every other movie franchise into this game where everybody is. Facebook wants to create a metaverse where they're b- bringing all their products into a virtual world that's real and virtual at the same time. And Disney buys up everything and then puts every th- all the Star Wars and Marvel into all the things. Like, there's something yeah. going on here where when we all liked, we all like things, right? And then we all <laughs> get connected to each other. And we're like, what if Harry Potter and a stormtrooper were fighting? That would be awesome. Like, that's what's, I think there's something going on here in our culture. And maybe this is obvious. Maybe it's just obvious that all this stuff is smashing together because it's on the fucking internet. But even fan fiction is smashing together with fan fiction now, as Ali was saying. It's Mm -hmm. incredibly interesting.
2: Yeah, it's true. It's amazing. And, you know, we have a lot of talented and gifted listeners. And if anybody wants to draw me approaching the rock and letting him know that he (laughs) looks submissive and breedable, I will frame it and hang it on my wall and look at it every day. I'm really into that. I support that.
3: Tell them where Uh, to send it. Come on. Let's do this.
1: So you can tweet me your fan art of Lindsay. I'm down with that. I'm at (laughs) Allie underscore Goldie.
2: And I am at the Lindsay life across all platforms.
1: Yeah, actually, that's across platforms. I'm at Allie Goldie. Uh, So no, I'm not. Fuck. I was like, is that your thing? No. Across (laughs) platforms, I'm at Allie underscore Goldie. Had to put that underscore in there. Um, anywho, you can also leave us a voicemail. That number is...
0: 347-871-6548. Seven. Seven, that number again,
1: 347 871 eight. You can email us at 2G1podcast at com. That's also where we are uh, accepting your applications for husbandry, which is how I will continue to explain it. Husbandry (laughs) You know what It's on on theme Time out animals Uh, Okay And If you'd like to support us on Patreon We would appreciate that so much Uh, That's patreon.com Slash 2G1P Every amount helps If you really like our new co-host Go to patreon.com Slash 2G1P
2: Have I missed anything? I think you Nailed it Right You put your knot Right in those (laughs) <laughs> I, I am a bit that. of an
1: alpha so thank <laughs> you so much and we'll see you next time
0: two girls one podcast is hosted by Lindsay ford and allison goldberg then sued for copyright infringement of multiple live journal entries. I mean, produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the Poglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life in the Omegaverse. <laughs>
3: The Pod
2: Glomer. A Sonic Universe. Educational.